in our brand, we're not getting a choice in bigger. Bigger's happening, bigger's coming. We get a choice in how we approach better. Welcome to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Rains. Join us as we discover ways to define, measure, and grow your culture. We want to help you intentionally build a culture that fits you. Hey leaders, welcome back to the Build Your Culture Brand podcast. I have with me today a, a previous guest, Bruce Ploser. He's in on the west side of Phoenix there leading Goodyear, uh, leading Chick-fil-A Goodyear and Chick-fil-A Avondale. And we've been working with his team since uh, 2019 and wanted to dive into a, a bigger part of his story. And But it's really good to have you on the show again, Bruce. It's great to be here. Thanks, Jay. So we're, there's several things we want to talk about today, but one, one of the interesting things you and I were talking the other day and um, you, you kind of picked up your computer and like, hey, I want to show you something. And so you, you walked me, you're in your office and you walked me into the front kind of lobby area. And I, I'm going to kind of leave the story there for you to finish the story. What, what was happening in that moment? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had a military career prior and every time you would move from place to place, somebody would give you a plaque and we used to joke about them as being a cheap piece of wood, right? So you'd have a box of cheap pieces of wood in your garage that you would invariably just move from place to place. Well, you'll notice behind me, these boxes are from million dollar plaques that we, um, mile, they're milestones, right? Plaques that, that denote crossing a million dollars in sales, it's 2 million, 3 million all the way through. Well, for my entire career, they have sat in boxes like that. Wow. And we moved into an office space uh, last year, and my intention was to finally take them out of the boxes and put them up, which is what we did. My son, Jack, and I built some shelves, and we, we put the shelves up, and then we unpacked the boxes. And, um, and we looked at that and said, okay, these, these are mile markers, trail posts, if you will, um, of what's happened over time. And, and my mind went to not necessarily the sales, but all the things behind those sales, um, the people, the customers. Um, and I just got thinking about, well, one, there wasn't enough room. We hadn't built enough shelves. And honestly, I don't want to build any more shelves because the world's going to look just awful. So we just took the last several years worth of plaques and we put them up there. And since 2019, um, I think we have 2018 all the way up there. I mean, we, we could walk out there and take a look at them, but um, we've got 16 plaques on that wall. Wow. Um, oh my goodness. And it really made me think about what has happened, you know, as I look at the first 18 years of my tenure with Chick-fil-A, we did 
$94 million in sales. That's a big number. And that's a lot of growth because every, every, um, every person, like if you think about that in terms of the people that's needed to do the work, every person that's full-time is working about 2000 hours. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of leadership that needs to happen. There's a lot of acquisition of talent that needs to happen. There's a lot of training of talent that needs to happen with every increment of sales we do in the business. So from 2000 to 2018, we did about 94 million in sales. From 2019 to 2022, we did $85 million in sales. So in that four years, 19, 20, 21, and 22, we did almost as much as we had done in the prior 18. And it just goes to reinforce that concept yeah, it, it goes to reinforce that concept that in our brand, we're not getting a choice in bigger. Bigger's happening, bigger's coming. We get a choice in how we approach better, a better me, a better us, a better experience. Um, and that's hard when you're accelerating and sales are moving and moving and moving um, to keep up with that. When we made a decision to go into coaching, I don't think we really appreciated at that moment how impactful that was going to be because the rate of growth really hit an inflection point. Um, and as, as the guy who's responsible, I think there would have been a lot, I would have felt a lot more pressure than had I not had a trusted team of partners and, and you guys have been part of that team. Well, we love, we've loved being on the journey. We're enjoying this journey with you. It's just incredible that, um, you know, I think as I was looking at those numbers you were sharing the other day, you know, um, it's just unbelievable to think about the, like you said, the labor hours that are involved and the, the people that are needed to, to even match that kind of, that kind of growth, you know, to add 15 million in revenue since in, in the last four years, just keeping up with that. So, you know, I think one of, one of the things you said was, you know, I, I can't add more hours of what I'm contributing. I, I can only contribute a fraction, a, a very small percentage of that. And so how do I multiply myself? How do I invest in my people so that they can take up that lead? But one of the things I noticed you mentioned better, um, you know, I've been in your location and there's something on your door as you go kind of through the door, y'all, you have a phrase that's posted there for everyone to see. What is that phrase? We have a, we have a poster that we have on the back of the kitchen door. So it faces into the kitchen. It's not public facing and, and it's about better. So there's a word better. And then there's a lot of descriptors. Uh, a lot of words that go with better. So it's better me, it's better us, it's better food, it's better service. Um, and so those are the things that we're, we would want to just pursue better. Um, and I think that's our charge. That's our goal is to just pursue better. Um, despite the fact that bigger is happening, right? We don't get a choice in bigger anymore. 
we do get a choice in how we approach better. That's, I love that. Better together. So you made a, you also made a big decision, not only into jumping into coaching, which, which was a cost. I mean, uh, there's, you know, that's uh, an added cost to the business, but you also made a decision about uh, how you were targeting labor in 2019. Um, you were, you were aiming for one metric and you decided to change that. Tell us a little bit about that change in philosophy about, about productivity and labor for 2019. Yeah. I, as, as I looked at my early career, I, I started out in a mall that was five from the bottom when I joined Chick-fil-A and I'd never done anything with retail. So a lot of focus was around bottom line. We still need to be focused on stewardship, always need to be focused on stewardship. Um, but my horizon of stewardship has changed a little bit over time. And as sales have grown, um, we always had said we wanted to be in the top 20% for what's called labor productivity and efficiency. Um, and so productivity was really high at top 20. And I think that's a good goal. What I realized was I needed to do more with development of folks. I needed to change the way we approach training. Um, I felt like it was appropriate to, to look at our team and say, okay, how do I invest so that the person who's with me can be productive for a longer horizon? And I think as operators, we often find uh, as the business grows, that the person we had in a leadership role two or $3 million ago may have capped out and they might not be the person that can go for the next two or three or five or $15 million. And, and bear in mind that, that, that 15 million is enterprise growth over two restaurants. That is not one restaurant. Um, sure. Right. But if we could, if we could help the person, the leader continue their growth path, then they would be with us for a longer period of time. And we've all been through the turnover, right? So there, there's benefits to the person, there's benefits to the organization. And we've all been through that season where we've, we've turned over a leader, maybe it's a director and it takes time for them to get their feet under them. It takes time for them to grow into that role. Um, so my, my desire would be to extend that time that somebody's with us because they've grown and they can handle that next level of demand that the business is placing. They can lead at the next level. So you, you actually created some margin for that when um, you made a decision to change from top 20 in productivity to top 50. Um, what was, what was there in that decision? Um, my decision process was based on, I was not in a healthy place myself in the business. And I realized that I needed to, to create more margin for me. Um, I needed to create more margin for our leaders. I think the expectation of top 20 in the two restaurants with, um, with an environment that was growing dramatically 
for the last several years in our county, which is a large geographic county, 200 people a day are moving in. And I knew we were going to grow the business. I didn't understand how much it was going to grow. Um, and, and so we accepted the fact that top line was going to grow and that we would, we would accept a little bit lower productivity so that we could invest more in people. And I think that was a really important move for us. And I can tell you that my leaders that have been with me during that duration, they're healthier than I know that they would have been. I think we would have had a lot of turnover. Um, and I think that they're in a much better place than they were, um, than they would have otherwise been. So one of the ways that you found for creating margin for yourself was actually creating margin for your top leaders. And that, that actually had a multiplying effect right back on you. That's incredible. And the growth of the business. If we didn't have margin to absorb the additional business, it, we wouldn't have it. We, we have to have margin capacity, right? We talk about capacity in the restaurant all the time. Maybe one of the capacities that we need to focus on more is leadership capacity. So if we didn't have a little bit of margin as those sales came up, maybe the sales would exceed our leadership capacity. We don't ever want to be in that spot. When I was an operator coach years ago, I used to use a, an analogy, right? That the operator, and, and, and this is not a derogatory thing. I think it's just how God created this, this illustration that I'm about to give you. God created a horse as a really strong animal, right? And when we ride that horse and we care for that horse, and we water that horse, we make sure it's got right medical care. It's a neat relationship, right? There are times in our, in our walk as operators where the horse is taking the saddle and starting to put it on us. We were never designed to carry that load. We don't have the capability to carry that load. And so I was in that position a couple of times in my career. I said, I'm never going to be in that position again where the horse is putting the saddle on me. I allowed that to happen in those seasons. It was not healthy. Well, and, and I'm finding this over and over at, at every level, whether you're an operator or in the business as a director or some top leader, most of those people, right, are very responsible people. They, they take on an incredible amount of ownership to, to be at that level. They, They've exhibited ownership over the years and they're very responsible people. And I think that ends up working against them in that illustration about taking on the work of the business that when, when stuff needs to be done, they jump right in. And, and there are times though, for them, they need to kind of step back and not just take over and do, and do the work. Sometimes it, it's more directing and developing the workers around it and building the team. And so I can see where, where there are times where that can work against you because you're a highly responsible person. You take extreme ownership on, on everything. So for, for me, Jay, um, the coaching, 
you may remember a company from several years ago. Uh, I think they're still active, but I haven't heard much from them called BASF. And um, I, I don't even know what those initials stand for. But BASF was a chemical company and they would have a campaign that says, we don't make the fill in the blank. We don't make the tire. We make the tire better. <clears throat> we don't make the whatever. We help make the widget better. And I really feel like coaching has been that for us. It's been a force multiplier. Um, you've heard me say that as we've grown, um, the hours in my day, I, I don't have enough of me to go around. And what you guys have helped us achieve is you've helped me build margin because I trust you. We have aligned values. I know that you're, you're going to ask questions of my folks that are going to help them grow. And, um, and you've helped buy margin for me, build margin for me in a season of incredible growth. You know, Bruce, one, one of the things that we've been able to do, um, with your team and, and we saw this the other day when we had a, a call together was we, we actually got our our team of coaches, we've, I've assigned, you know, we have five coaches working with your leaders. We are 13 leaders in group and in individual coaching. And so, uh, once in a while we all get together with you and we just kind of talk about while protecting confidentiality, cause coaching is, is all about confidentiality, but, but just seeing the business as a whole together and, and really getting a sense from your eyes of what you're seeing so that as we're talking to your leaders, we're able to uh, interact with them with, with a more full knowledge about what's going on and, and also from your view of the business so that, so we're helping push forward, you know, your priorities and things that you're seeing. Um, sometimes that gets missed when we're just coaching the individual because we're really only hearing one side of the story. So we've been really intentional with you and your team to make sure we're hearing as many sides of the story as we can and having multiple eyes from our team on your business. And, and I feel like that's been a, a good mix to, to work with your team. I agree. I think that that really helps quite a bit. Um, we, we are grateful for the way that you're approaching that. And we really like the model that we're using right now, where we have, uh, we have three teams that you guys coach, <clears throat> you know, that, but I'm saying this for the benefit of the pot for the podcast, we have our Goodyear restaurant. That's one team of senior leaders. And then the Avondale restaurant is one team of senior leaders. And then we have the folks that kind of keep me corralled, uh, Jess, Annie and Lindy uh, as another team of senior leaders. And each of them have different focus areas. Um, and they're each on a different, I would say they're at a, a different um, trail marker, right? We're all on the same trail, but sometimes folks are on a different, they're, they're slightly at a different marker. One group may be a little bit ahead in one area. Another group is, is working to get to that, that uh, guidepost, if you will. And, um, and I think it's been really helpful. So we've got those three groups and they meet with, with a coach to talk about the things they're working on as a team. And then 
the other thing that's really valuable is you have a coach assigned to help an individual with the things that they're working on and the things that they want to focus on. And so I, I really feel like that's a benefit to have, uh, if I'm, if I'm one of those senior leaders, somebody's focusing on me and then somebody's focusing on us, but I do feel like there's value in having somebody outside the organization that's trusted to be that sounding board for people. And I think there's, there's benefit in a couple of ways. One big one though, is that the person has a place where there is some confidentiality so that they can ask what they might consider to be the dumb question or, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm not sure how I would say it. Can you help me unpack it and understand it? That's important, especially with young leaders. And we do have a lot of young leaders. You know, those comments that you're talking about when they think they have a, a dumb question or whatever, I've, I've noticed that it, it actually helps prevent some toxicity in the business because some of those comments, if they were to talk about that other person with their teammate, that would be toxic. And so we, as a coach, we provide a place for them to unpack potentially toxic things get, you know, get some thoughts around it, kind of get their, a plan together, a better strategy about how to, how to then come back and deal with it in a more professional manner. And so I feel like that's been one, one thing that we've been able to provide for uh, your team and other teams around the country. So Bruce, there, we have a listening audience here and some of them are business owners or, or leaders in their organization as they consider just this idea about coaching, what would be some of the, the things that, that they should consider about looking for a coach or a coach team for their business? I think, I think there's a couple of facets and I, I don't, I don't believe anybody is going to be surprised with this answer, but alignment between the provider and the culture, I think, is really important. Um, not so much that it's lockstep and there's no opposing tension there, because I think that's important. I think there is there's a need for tension that says, hey, well, I'm going to challenge you here. I think that's important. Um, so I, I would say alignment's really important. Trust is really important. Um, and it, for me, those are the top, the top factors in, in the decision who to select for, uh, to come alongside you, because they really are an extension of you as the leader. Um, you've seen our org chart. You guys are on our org chart as an extension of our leadership team. And just like you wouldn't select somebody who's completely opposed to you, your culture to be a senior leader in your business. Um, you need to, you need to select somebody who's really well aligned with you, uh, to help you multiply and unlock the potential of your people. That's good. Thank you. I, it really, and we're, you know, it's the same from our side. We're, as we're looking at, clients, we have people asking us to help with their team. We're also considering that too. Is this a good fit for us? So I appreciate 
you saying that out loud that, you know, alignment is so important. So Bruce, I know you made this big decision in 2019 to, to, you know, you were aiming for top 20 in productivity and you decided to back off of that down, down to a, a top 50 to give your leaders room and margin for, um, for developing themselves. But what if an operator or leader or business owner wants to stay in that high productivity mode and they're still considering bringing in a coach for their team? What, what advice might you offer them? Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to remain at top twenty percent, and you're and you're very focused on efficiency, right? Because I think think we we can look at a couple of factors there. There's efficiency and there's effectiveness, and they're not always the same thing. Um, you might be able to re- remain at that top twenty percent if you've just got a really highly seasoned team and you've got folks that are with you for a long, long time and growth, you're not adding people all the time. In our situation, we've been adding people the entire time. Um, and so the, it's not like we've got an entire staff like Jessica, Jessica's worked with us. She celebrates 20 years this year. Um, if I was, if I was working with Jessica and the rest of the team for an extended period of time and sales hadn't grown real aggressively, you probably could be at that 20% that top 20%, uh, what a beautiful place that would be, right? But everything comes at a cost. Growth comes at a cost. And the cost is I'm gonna invest in people. Um, your turnover, your raw turnover is gonna be higher uh, because people are gonna come and they're gonna go and you've got more sales and there's just gonna be more people leaving the business. I'm not saying that, that the rate of departures is going to accelerate. I'm saying the work around bringing people on is just going to get larger because your sales are larger. Why we in program management, you can say that um, you can usually get two of the following three things. Um, And you can think about this in terms of when you purchase a car, when you go to go to the grocery store, when you order something, um, you probably can get, uh, and the three factors are good, fast, and cheap. You can probably get two of those things at any moment. I can get good and fast, but it's probably not going to be cheap. I can get good and cheap, but it's probably not going to be fast. So you get the idea. Um, for me, paying the bill was growing the depth, working to grow the depth of the leadership that we have in our, in our team to create the margin to accept the additional sales. And that was important to me. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Thank you for that advice. And, you know, cause everybody, it isn't, a one size fits all story, right? Your, your story is different than others. And so, you know, considering all of these factors is really important. How do you think that coaching, just having a coaching team has affected retention in itself? Um, I can tell you that our leaders, our leader retention has been, it's been incredible since we sat down and had our first uh, culture brand 
discussion. Um, I'm just going to think about the people who've left the business at the director level. Um, it's been remarkably low until probably this last year. And then we've had some people graduate from college and go on to that next thing, which, which we, we, we expect. Um, but the senior leadership team, if we look at Alex and Jessica and Ruben and Lindy and Annie, um, there's been zero change in any of those faces. Donald moved to Kansas um, to, to just change gears with his life. Um, so he has left. Um, and then, and so that would be what we would call our, 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 uh, our senior leadership team. So we've had one person change out on that senior leadership team in that time frame, And we've added 15, we've crossed 15 million dollar milestones with that same team. What a treasure though. And you know, the, the name of your company is, is legacy growth. And I see that playing out even, even in, uh, your leaders and how they've, they've stayed with you and they're really looking to make a career with you. So what a legacy. So Bruce, we, we love our relationship with you. What could you give an example of coaching impact for, for your leaders? Absolutely. Um, leaders are on a journey. Your business is on a journey. Um, I would think that most of us are better leaders today than we were five or 10 years ago because we've seasoned and we've grown. We have one of the folks on our senior leadership team who has just grown in, in an amazing fashion over time. Now, everybody's experienced growth. This particular leader um, was very black and white. And because of that approach, I had concerns a couple of years ago that they were going to cap out because people were going to stop listening, right? There's a point in our lives where, um, we can hold on to our, our opinion so hard that we can lose the right to be heard. And I was concerned at one point that this leader was going to get to that place. So I'm pouring in, y'all are pouring in. I know what happened with my conversations. I don't know what happened with y'all's conversations, but this leader has just taken off like a rocket and they've got high trust with the people that they that they serve and the results are, are really good. Um, we've moved in our, in our, and I think I shared with you on another visit that one of our two restaurants was at about 1200 in the chain for sales. That restaurant today is number nine. Oh my goodness. And that wow. leader is on that team. And they've grown so well. It's just been great to sit and cheer for what's happened with that leader. And I think it's many facets. I think it's the culture. I think it's us. I know it's you guys. Um, and they've embraced. And, and the other thing is that they've embraced the journey of growth. 
And that's really been important. It has been so fun watching, you know, each journey, but especially that particular person you're talking about. And, uh, you know, one of the parts of coaching that we, we spend the, maybe the very first session, and then it comes up maybe every other session after that is around emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence is the muscle that you can improve. Like you can't change, we don't change our IQ. You know, you're born with that. We don't really want to change our personality because that's, we're born with that too. But EQ, emotional intelligence is that thing that you can exercise and grow. And EQ is that thing where you begin to understand yourself and how you react to your environment. And at the same time, learning to understand others and how they need to be interacted with and and that, you know, each of your leaders have grown in the area of emotional intelligence. We use DISC and some other assessments, but, but also I think it's the way that you and others and our team were able to be in real time with people. And so they bump up against a problem, they bring it up and they're like, what do I do with this? We're able to just walk through, um, scenarios and ideas about how to deal with that kind of on the journey challenges that come up. It, it's not an instructional call. It's a um, more working through scenarios and ideas about how, how could I possibly handle this? Yeah. I, I think, I think it is, it has been a multiplier. It's been a multiplier for them. It's been a multiplier for me. I look at coaching as an investment, right? And one of the key things about an investment is that you have an expectation of a return. I know that there is a return within the four walls of our business, but I'm also excited about the return that is happening in their lives outside the business. For the 50 year old person, for the 60 year old person, um, I won't get, I won't get to see that directly because I, I may be done with my Chick-fil-A career. They may be, they may be launched onto that next thing for them, but, um, I'm excited about that second return. I love that description of second return. So Bruce, as you were considering, uh, having a coach or a coach team for your, for your organization, what were some of the initial reservations about having a team come on and how did you overcome those? I had done personal coaching with another organization several years prior, and I found it to be very, very helpful, Mind, mostly for mindset for me. I thought it was very, very helpful. Uh, you know that you and I met in India, and I had the privilege of, of just helping to be a support for what you had going on with coaching um, in, in India over a number of years. And so I got to know your heart and I understood the work you were doing to coach businesses and young and, and business leaders in India. And so as I look, when you came back to the States, I looked back and I said, well, Jay's doing that work here now. We probably had a six or seven year job interview that we didn't intend to be a job interview. It was just us partnering together in India to achieve the goals that you were there to achieve. 
And so I knew that we had alignment and I knew that I had very high trust and that I could, I could put my people, put my leaders in your care and know that the influence was going to be really solid. And, um, and I've never given it a second thought. I feel like the investment has been well worth it. If you think about the concept of what you get versus what you spend, I feel like there's been a really good return there. Well, Bruce, thank you for your time. I appreciate you unpacking your story as you talk about unpacking those boxes. So thank you for just helping us understand, you know, that journey and, and even the, the challenges that came along with all that good news and all that growth that we got to be there along the way. And so, but thank you for sharing your story here. I hope it's an encouragement to others out there and helping people understand maybe what, how coaching fits into the organizational relationship and business relationship that, the, that you're, that you have there. And we're excited for the future and all the things that are happening later this year as, as your team makes some big changes. So thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks, Jay. Take care. Thank you for listening to build your culture brand with Dr. Jay Rains. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like comment and share. You can also visit our website at buildyourculturebrand.com. We would like to note that LeadersQ serves individual owner operators and their teams and is not affiliated, endorsed by, or in any way officially connected with Chick-fil-A Incorporated.